0: Hi guys, it's Real Talk with Tracy and it's been quite a while since I've done a podcast. There's been so much going on. I got COVID again. Uh, I had explant surgery, which means I had my breast implants removed and a lift, which was the best thing I've ever done. So glad I got rid of those horrible things. My back and shoulders and neck are so happy now. And then I went out and got COVID again. <laughs> Did I say I got COVID again? Yeah, a few times. Ugh, oh, I got all the shots. I still got COVID. I got the flu. The flu is actually worse than COVID. And I had to put my dog down. That was terrible. But it was the right thing to do and I found a new dog and I have a wonderful, incredible new dog that I am going to start training to be a therapy dog so I can go visit people that have Alzheimer's or cancer or they're in assisted living, different situations like that. So, so much has gone on and it's been so hard to like keep up with friends and stuff just because I've just been sick a lot. So I wanted to talk today about behind the wall. What do I mean when I say behind the wall? When we go no contact, no contact with a narcissist situation, everything happens behind the wall. We don't know what's going on and it's hard. It's hard because why? We want to know. We still have a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit of hope. These people that we've gone no contact with in order to have a more peaceful life, in order to have better mental health, in order to not feel abused anymore. For many reasons, we go no contact. And when we go no contact, they're, at least with me is a little kind of tiny little glimmer of hope that maybe that person is going to change. Maybe that person is going to see the error of their ways. Maybe that person will magically be a better person. Maybe that person misses me. Maybe that person values me. Maybe that person understands that they were wrong. And that they're going to come back and I'll know what's going on behind the wall because when you go no contact, let's say with my biological father, I don't know what's happening in their life. Just because I went no contact doesn't mean I don't still have love for him. And I know it sounds crazy, but is he okay? Has he been sick? You know, I think about these things. Does he miss me? And I think we want to know what's going on behind the wall. It's best to not care about what's going on behind the wall and just to move on. Just move on and not worry about it. I think that's the healthiest thing. Instead of wondering and pondering and wishing that somehow they would peek over the wall and say, hey, you know, I, I understand I've been terrible to you. And, you know, I really, I went to counseling and now I'm magically this, this great person and I want to have a relationship with you. But usually the people that we put behind the wall, uh, if they come back, we're like, why the hell do we let them over the wall? Why? Why? Oh my God, such a stupid decision because people don't change. People are basically who they are. And there's a lot of situations in life that can be very hard. There's people that maybe frankly don't want to talk to us anymore or we don't want to talk to them. And maybe we don't understand why, why we are not valued in their life anymore why they don't see us, and they've never seen our, our goodness, why they don't value us. And frankly, it's hard. But I guess the suggestion would be to make a beautiful garden on your side of the wall. Sometimes we think the grass is greener on the other side of the wall, and then we get over there and we're like, oh my God, So many weeds, so many bugs, so many snakes. I use that analogy to talk about what's going on on the other side of the wall. There is somebody on the other side of the wall now that meant a lot to me. I won't mention any names, but she was a very, 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 very good friend, like my sister, I loved her. She was in my will for a long time. And she got Alzheimer's. And there was an accident at her house. And her husband wound up falling into a coma and dying. And her adopted daughter um, was willed everything and was responsible for her care. And put her in a rather very good... um, Memory care center, actually. And I am very inquisitive. I think when we talk on the phone with someone, the first thing we ask is, how are you? I think it's a normal thing to ask, how are you? So there was times I couldn't get a hold of her and a nurse would answer and I would say, how is my friend? That would get back to her daughter and her daughter would be angry with me that I wanted to know how her her, her her mom was, which is really kind of odd. Um, I would fly up and see her, my best friend. I would bring her things, I would send her things. I would fly up on a plane, I would rent a car, I would stay in a hotel, I would spend two days. Then I'd come home and we'd talk on the phone every week and every week and every week and every week. And I just love this woman so much. I really thought that in my older years, we would be like the golden girls. Like if something were to happen to our husbands first, that we would be living together, possibly. That we would be traveling together. And unfortunately, she got Alzheimer's. And her daughter became kind of very, I want to say, possessive over her. Doesn't really want me in the picture. And so I've bowed out now because she gets upset. She thinks I'm being critical by mentioning that I wish her mom was closer to where we both live. So we could both oversee her care. Her daughter had a baby. Her daughter's really busy. And her daughter thought I was being horrible by wanting her to be closer to where we both live. And she really, I never met her in person, we've only texted, we've only talked on the phone, but she really turned on me and was very angry with me and said that I was very critical and, you know, Um, That wasn't it at all. I just have so much love and care for this woman and I wanted to be there. I wanted to go there every week, maybe two, three times a week to make sure that she was clean, to make sure that her bed was comfortable, to make sure she had whatever she needed, to make sure that she was getting the best care she could. And I did not think that her daughter wasn't doing a good job, but her daughter lives far away, as I do, as do I. And because I pushed her, she got rather upset with me. She said, if you ask about her again, I'm going to get a restraining order. So it's really out there that she would be so. Um unappreciative of all the love and care and support that I have put forth towards her mom, um all the years she was alive, sending her things, sending her and her husband things, getting them meals on wheels calling and getting different programs together when her daughter wasn't around, doing all these different things, sending her supplements, you know, constantly making sure that they were okay. Um, At one point, I offered to fly up once a week to do their bills because her husband was blind and she had Alzheimer's and it was a really hard situation. And for a long time, there wasn't any... um, communication between her and her adopted daughter, and I wanted her to be well taken care of. And so, um, you know, I offered to do all these things, not that I wanted anything financially out of it because, um, I'm in a good financial position actually, but because I loved her so much and she was like part of my heart. So my friend, who I won't name, is behind the wall, and I don't see her anymore. And it's been really hard. It's been really, 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 really hard because I love her so much. I don't know how she is. I'm not going to know when she passes. I'm not going to know how she's doing. The last bit of clothing that I sent her was returned to sender from Amazon. They didn't even accept it. Even though the nurses there said that she needed more warm clothing, the last sweater I sent was sent back. So it's hard, you guys. It's so hard because my heart's in the right place. And I have so much love to give. And I've built a relationship with this person who has lost pretty much most of her memory to Alzheimer's. And I can't see her through to the end. And I wasn't going to talk about it, and I actually talked to my therapist about it. And he said, well, as long as you don't mention anyone's name, I think if you want to express yourself, you should be able to express yourself. And the thing is, I wish nothing but happiness for her, her daughter, her daughter's daughter. When her daughter had a, had a baby, I sent a bunch of gifts. Um, it started out on the wrong uh, wrong foot, it started out on the right foot and then she just kind of turned and, um, was just extremely upset that, um, I wanted to know how she was doing. And, um, when you have a friend, if you've ever had a friend that's in the hospital or who's ill, I think the first thing you're going to ask if you call is you're going to ask, are they okay? So the last go around was I found out through one of the nurses, she can't come to the phone because she has COVID. Oh my God, is she going to be okay? And they're like, and she's freezing. Well, I heard she has enough clothing. No, actually she could use some more clothing. Okay. That's not an issue. Sent four outfits on Amazon And mentioned to her daughter, hey, called to talk to your mom. They told me she had COVID and that she was really cold. Sent some outfits. And she was angry with that. It wasn't taken well. It was taken like I'm criticizing her. And that's not at all how I meant it. And she's just, um, she just is who she is. I have to accept it. I wish her the best and I have to let my friend go now and it's really, really hard because I've been grieving her disease now since she got diagnosed about 10 years ago and I wanted to be there to literally sit there and be able to like hug her, hold her hand, be with her and I can't be because of how her daughter perceives me. So. I have to stay out of it and I think we have to put ourselves first even if it doesn't make sense. I'm going to respect the boundaries and I'm not going to call and I'm not going to see her again and it's going to be hard. It is hard, but I am respecting the boundaries that her daughter is setting even though I don't agree with it. I'm respecting that boundary. And there's other people behind the wall that every now and then you look at your wall and they're climbing back over and you're like, oh no, 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 no. We've done this so many times. This never works out. Let's not do this again. Like with my uncle that raised me. Let's not do this again. I've tried so many times to be understanding and you've been so hurtful in things that you've said and done over the years. So you know what? You stay on your side of the wall. I'm going to stay on my side of the wall. Everybody needs to be happy in their own space. I think that's what it boils down to. Let's just be happy in our own space. And we can't control everything. I can't control that my very good friend has Alzheimer's. I can't control if somebody doesn't care for me. I can't control... If someone's mistreating me. But what I can do is walk away. You know. And um, speaking of the wall. So I got this dog. That's just fantastic. He's huge. He's like. We think Irish Wolfhound and Poodle. He's very tall. I mean he's tall. And we have six foot block walls. And I had someone come and extend. Around certain areas of the backyard. Just to make sure it was very secure. And one day. He jumped the wall. So. Scared the crap out of me. Luckily he was in the front. And waiting for me by the front door. But I thought for sure. That he gonna, gonna be hit by a car. Or something. So now I'm extending my wall. Um, we're talking about walls. But I'm literally extending a real wall. I'm going to get those vinyl panels that are like four feet. And I'm going to pay again somebody to come and put those in front of both sides of the house so there's no way that he could jump out. He was jumping out because he heard me pull up and he heard my voice and he was looking for me. But um, that was really scary. So I'm going to extend my wall and I will feel better about it. I will feel safer about it. So whether it's a physical wall, or whether it's a psychological wall, I think having walls are good sometimes. They're boundaries, and I think boundaries are good. I think everybody needs boundaries, and I think that it's a good thing. So I just wanted to share a little bit of my thoughts with you guys today. I haven't done a podcast in a long time. I actually made a lot of YouTube videos about my dog where you can go see if you're curious hi guys real talk with tracy on youtube now i have close to 900 subscribers and i really appreciate that and i put little tips and things about dogs and things about going on uh, (laughs) with narcissists that have been in my family and different things like that but um Anyway, I appreciate being able to share my feelings with you guys. I appreciate this platform because it's very cathartic and it's something that'll be left hopefully for many, 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 many years, um, even when I'm no longer here. So I'm in my sixties now, you guys, I hope I get another 25 years of good health But hopefully these podcasts will just be out there and it'll be almost kind of like I wrote a book, Um, but instead I did a podcast and I did YouTube videos. So again, appreciate you guys for listening. Feel free to make comments. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Thank you again for listening to my podcast about the wall, mental and physical. All right, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. We're now in 2024. Thank God. All right, guys. Bye-bye.